drink. This is the man room. Welcome into the man room. I'm your host, Marcus Bridges. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, make sure you, you check us out over at the website, www.themanroompodcast.com. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and of course, you can subscribe to the RSS feed. Also, check us out on all your socials, Facebook, uh, that's pretty much the only one. And you can Gmail me as well, themanroompodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're set up on Patreon as well. If you want to kick a few shekels this way, we're always appreciative of that. Uh, joining me today in the man room, I'm so excited about this. Um, this is a close, dear friend and former colleague of mine. He's been a fixture on your radio in Oregon for the better part of two decades. He's the co-host of his own podcast as well, Tanner and Drew's Donkey Show, with over a thousand episodes. The list of accolades goes on. Uh, this is the voice that you won't ever forget. He's 105.9 The Brew on your radio and number one in your hearts. Please welcome to the man room, Mr. Drew Tideman. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Not much, man. I'm having a lot of fun playing with all my new toys. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you got all kinds of action over there. I love it. I am definitely set up. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. Uh, this is going to be one of the inaugural episodes of the Man Room Podcast, and I couldn't think of a better person to have be uh, one of my inaugural episodes because um, I got my my start in, I guess you could say, broadcasting right there with you. I kind of showed up at your, your radio show, and I never left, and you gave me a job for a while there. We worked together, and uh, this is kind of a solo venture, so I'm stoked to have you be a part of the uh, the inauguration here. Yeah, I'm excited for you, bud. This is gonna be this is gonna be cool to see where this thing goes. You know, it seems like a long time ago that you showed up at the radio station with a cube of Coors Light, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's funny because you won a you wasn't it a Yo Mama contest you won to get into the radio station? Yep, it was. You guys had a call in contest on the Donkey Show, and uh, I called in to tell your mama jokes against other people. And it was, I mean, it was bracketed. You guys had a big competition, so I felt pretty important. Uh, well, I mean, you did have more your, your mama jokes than I even knew were in the, the registry. I mean, it just kept coming and coming. And this was in a time before everybody just had a smartphone to scroll one after another. Like you, I don't know how you had a Rolodex of your mama <laughs> in your head. But it was a good it was a good in for you. You we, you impressed us early with that. You know, I, I wish that I could say that those were all in my head, but I do distinctly remember uh, sitting at my my house in college, typing those out on a word document, and then reading them off so I didn't forget the good ones. Because I, be, before I ever came on with you guys, even that phone call, I used to shake. The phone used to shake in my hand while I was waiting to go on air because I was so nervous about it. And really, I, I mean, aside from high school assemblies where I graduated with 40 whole kids, um, there wasn't really in, in front of an audience very much before then. So um, it, it definitely was kind of trial by fire. But, yeah, uh, you guys invited me to the studio uh, after I had won that. And I remember bringing in the beer and bringing in the Jaeger. We had some Jaeger bombs back then, which just goes to show you how old we are now. How long has it been since you've had a Jaeger bomb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not even sure those are being served at this point, which I, I know someone in a bar somewhere is still loving a Jaeger bomb. 
but we used to that was a time where you know you just wheels up crushing drinks <laughs> in the studio now that is the luxury of doing afternoons too things loosen up in the afternoon like now we do a morning show and 6 a.m. Yeg bomb <laughs> sounds extremely aggressive. Uh, it just makes for all those other people that win contests on your shows and get to see the magic of the inside of the studio. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to have to figure out a better way to get to the stick around invite than just have a whole bunch of alcohol like me. You're going to have to bring donuts or something fun, right? It's funny you say that because pe- donuts <laughs> is the move. It's the standard listener move to get in the studio. But, you know, I don't know how many... I can't do any more Safeway donuts. It's like the go-to, I barely care about you donut. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, and I, I just been beaten to death with it, but I do love a good donut. It's just, uh, that ship is sailed. That was a perfect time to segue because uh, it is it is late afternoon here. I'm, I might keep you up a little later than what you want uh, tonight, but um, we are, you and I, sharing an adult beverage right now, albeit over uh, voice over IP. Um, what did you bring to drink in the man room today? Nothing to impress you man-wise. Like, nothing that's going to make you be like, dude, he's a stud. <laughs> uh, what I drink to start an evening off, is hard seltzer. You can you can see me on a camera, but yep. And I buy it by the case. I buy it at Costco. Can I crack this? Oh, of course, please. All right, it's already open. I'm like four and, drinks into mine already. Don't worry. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so, you know, I I used to drink beer. I had a crazy surgery. I'm not going to bore you with because you already know about it. But I, I call it the thousand days of sadness. I was sick, 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 and you know that. Uh, and then I got better. And one of the things that messed with my stomach when I really boiled it all down to brass tacks was hops, which is a key element to a beer. Yeah, I don't make very Uh, many beers without hops these days. Yeah, so I actually went to cider. I drank cider till I was, you know, round in the face. And then I uh, (laughs) decided to slide over to seltzer. I actually had my first hard seltzer at a Blazer game. I was in the suite, in the radio station suite, and they were all out of uh, a lot of cider. Like, you couldn't buy it. Right. And so they're like, well, I'll bring you a mango seltzer. And I was like, nothing is more degrading than that that comment. But sure, I'll take it. And damn if I didn't drink three of those before I left. <laughs> and I was like, I think, uh, I think a new love has been born in my heart. So tonight, it's a hard seltzer of the black cherry variety from our good friends at Costco in Kirkland. Loving it. Uh, and nobody told me to say that other than my <laughs> pure uh, thriftiness when it comes to this. And it's basically a white claw with, uh, you know, with... With a different logo on Kirk- the front of it. With a, with a Kirkland on it. Sure, sure. Well, cheers. Thanks uh, thanks for that. And, you know, I have a couple of things. See, just full four... Uh, full four... <laughs> Jesus. For full disclosure, I've obviously been drinking. Uh, full disclosure, you and I already tried this once. Uh, long story short, the audio was bad. You'll never see yeah. a light of day on that one, so we don't have to worry about that. But we can bring up to speed. You were worried the last time that we talked that uh, Costco was not going to be making your Kirkland hard ciders anymore. And I was there last week, and I was just happy to tell you that they had a huge display of those things lining the uh, lining the entryway. And it looks like maybe you're still going to be able to get those at Costco. If you can't get them where you're at, just let me know. I'm happy to pick you up some because I would hate to see you go without. 
Well, first of all, you're a great friend. Thank you for that <laughs> offer. Second, I will tell you that I am also not currently too worried about it. First of all, when I heard there was going to be a shortage, I bought 15 cases. <laughs> and then over the course of the next three weeks, I'd go there and they'd have a short supply. So I'd grab two real quick. And then, and then there'd be a big supply and I'd be confused. And then a short <laughs> supply and I'd grab a couple. And I'll break it down to you this way. A guy that you and I both know is the one who had clued me into this and sent me the text regarding the that he had talked to the people at Costco and said that it was off. And he's on the inside, so, too, because he works in that he works in the alcohol industry and distribution. So you'd think he might have an in on this. Exactly. So I went, you know, I took his word for it. But I also when I was at Costco, I asked the lady who walked me back to the awkward computer by the hot dog stand and we walked through it. Right. And she's like, well, currently there's none on order. I didn't know what that meant long term. Clearly, I bought enough in a short period of time and sparked a West Coast rebuy. <laughs> because my garage has got towers. Like, it looks like Rome in there. <laughs> so are you, are you building your daughter's forts with the, uh, with the stacks of Kirkland hard cider that you have? You could. You absolutely <laughs> could. And they've built a fort out of everything short of that at this point. So nice. sooner or later, that's going to happen. But the, the Kirkland cider or seltzer is uh, safe for now. So I, I can buy my own, but I appreciate the offer. What are you drinking? Well, I, I actually, before we get to that, I have to make an, an admission to you because I, I have to bolster um, your feelings about hard, or hard seltzer a little bit because um, I had recently had a little scare about like the... the <laughs> the hugeness of the numbers in my blood pressure readings. And so um, the yeah. doctor told me I needed to back off on just about everything that I enjoy. Um, no more mainlining salt, you know, things like that. And one That's of the, rough. one of the things I've tried to do because I'm a huge IPA fan. Um, I've tried to substitute an IPA every now and then with a hard seltzer. And I have to say that the more I try, the more I like, and there's, there's no question that they go down so easy, but I found myself in trouble because, you know, I, I like to buy my uh, my IPAs in the 22-ounce variety sometimes. I'll get the 22-ounce bottle of, of a single one and enjoy yeah. that. But the, the hard seltzers at that size, they come in 24-ounce uh, cans, and, man, they disappear fast. It's like I pour it out, and it just it leaks out the bottom or something, but it's gone in 15 or 20 minutes. So I'm on board with the seltzers, but I have to monitor myself or I will be walking on my lips by the end of the night. They're a great option for like tailgating. You know, like you think about when you tailgate all day and you're crushing beer after beer after beer, not even, not to talk about the health factors. Cause I'm not going to bore you with that, but just the, just the side ache or the weight that you're trying to drag into that game, at least with the seltzer, now, you can't live off this fact or you will end up in a drunk tank, but it's, I mean, you're drinking water. Yep. You know, and that that helps the game. It really does. You know? But now, now, granted, I can promise you that your pee looked just like sweet tea if you want to just drink that. <laughs> it's not going to look the other way. Promise. No, it won't. And, uh, you know, but here's the deal. I can see myself at a football game getting in trouble with literally any kind of alcohol. When they opened up uh, alcohol sales, at the the great Autzen Stadium where you and I like to watch football games when we get the chance. Um, yeah. I, I kind of got myself in trouble with it because we used to have to tailgate and it was pack all the beer that you can in your body and get ready for four hours of no more beer because they didn't serve beer in the stadium. 
until a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, and they decided to start selling me those $18 beers. And, man, I can drink those pretty fast, too, but you got to be careful once again because, like, today um, I brought to the party here a Macho Libre IPA from uh, Hop Valley, which is a lo- uh, local brewing company here in Eugene, and it's an Imperial IPA. It doesn't taste like it, but it's 8.3% alcohol, which is like drinking a, a nice rosé or something like that. I'm essentially having 22 ounces of wine over here, and... Uh, that can get that can get hairy when you've been drinking for eight hours at a tailgate and all of a sudden it's halftime and your team's holding on to a three point lead. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god! I'll be the first to tell you that that's a tough ride, and I will say that with the you know the guys who founded Hop Valley, you know, those are good friends of mine, old friends, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't drink it. Yeah, just because it's you know I, I can't have the hops, but if I I would be uh, I'd be a pickled onion if I was pounding those all day during a tailgate. <laughs> you know, I, I I know my lane. You know, I know right. exactly what I can have so that I'm upright the whole time and having fun. All the all the trial and error is how I ended up in the curb throughout my <laughs> teens and twenties. Yeah, well, all that stuff's in the ether now. We don't talk about that. That's how we. Yeah, that's exactly how we move right. on. And you know, uh, your wife uh, has an absolute specialty for. Uh, bringing the party to the tailgate too, because uh, every time you guys are around, whether it was back when uh, when you lived down here where I live and we used to tailgate together every weekend, or in the off chance that we get you now, um, your wife always comes preloaded with a full cooler of Jello shots, and they're the tastiest ones that you'll ever get your hands on. And that's another way that you can find yourself in trouble at a tailgate. But uh, it's always fun, and I've said this before too. Your wife is. She's like the phantom of the opera with these things. Like you'll be standing there and you'll look down and there'll be one of them in your hand and you look back up and everybody's got one and it's party shots. Everybody's got to go. So, um, you know, this is the reason I'm getting a little nostalgic about football right now is because a football season just wrapped up and we don't get another snap for like six, eight months. And B, Uh I just dropped a ridiculous amount of money for a guy that has no job on season tickets for Oregon Ducks football next year. Uh, That was yesterday, so made the first payment on that and crossed my fingers that we'll actually get to go watch them play live. God, I hope that part is true. And it's the only time in your life you'll hear me say, thank God we've got seven months because (laughs) we need need to let it pan out or whatever, right? Yep. Um, And season tickets, God, I miss those. Like, I, I do remember biting, like, you know, you're biting into a piece of cardboard as you cut the check. (laughs) <laughs> uh, for those tickets i mean i used to have great tickets but it for how much money i had in my bank account it was uh, it was often a thing i drove away wondering if i had made an ill-advised decision but i never felt that way the day after right right and you know football it's tricky too because you add the tailgating which is obviously that's a that's another couple hundred few hundred bucks you could spend a lot of money on a tailgate pass if you really wanted to um, and then on top of that, I've gotten I've gotten bad over the last few years of like I'm throwing tri tips down and well how many people are we gonna have? Well this will only feed eight. I'm gonna need to feed at least twenty two, you know, and just I keep spending more and more and more money on the tailgates. And now yeah. what I'm finding is we've tailgated so hard for the last decade that a lot of my tailgate gear, the actual hardware, is starting to wear down. And I'm worried that I'm gonna have to like budget between the tent and the chairs and the beer pong table and maybe the stakes uh, budget's going to suffer a little bit this year. So I got all these things in my head, man, and I'm just worried. All We're already February 9th. I'm worried about football season next year. So that's just who I am. 
Well, I'm thinking you just have a couple games where you call them the Coleman games. And it's you got a new stove, so it's hot dogs for two weeks. <laughs> like, sorry, guys. I mean, you'll still get them nice dogs. You know, you're not going to have some of those, you know, earlobes and assholes. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be the good stuff. Uh, yeah, I might save my good dogs for only me and the wife. You never know. I can be stingy like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, once you're at a tailgater, I've done some ridiculous things. We had a we had a, re- a college reunion a couple of years ago when people went to games. And I was so hungry, you know, like I don't eat in the morning, like part of my diet. And then sometimes in the afternoon, I'll find myself in a vortex, you know, like I've had a salad and now I'm going to track a deer. <laughs> so I was at this tailgate and there was a half a loaf of Safeway bread. I'll give some love back to the bakery. Now I grabbed this half a loaf of bread. And I just ripped it open and I found some like wet lunch meat in a cooler (laughs) and there was no condiments, but there was some potato salad. So I just slapped that in inside of this giant loaf and I just sat their eyes closed in the corner and ate that thing until I was (laughs) powered back up. People were like, dude, you're you're disgusting. And I'm like. I, these are all things you love. Yeah. They're just packed into one punch. And when you're sitting there like that, knowing what you know about your current state of being, you look at that person and say, I'm not disgusting. I'm surviving. Okay. And anything exactly. in the wild. <laughs> exactly. And if you think about it, what is potato salad anyway? It's potatoes, Cars. mayonnaise, and mustard. So I just put mayonnaise and mustard on my sandwich. I just added a little bit of potato. Call it an Irish sandwich. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. And a lifesaver, too, is what you can call it uh, when you oh, get man, to that I was point. Ready to go. But foods, you know, you got to you got to remember how important the food is when you're going to work a fade like that. They actually when they uh, opened up beer sales at the stadium, they closed down the ability to go back at halftime and and hit your tailgate up for an extra beer. And uh, so what we've started doing is we've started throwing a bunch of cheap hot dogs on the grill right before we go to the game. And so we have stadium dogs to go in, you know, a little tinfoil. You just throw it in your pocket. You can bring it in. They're cool with it. The very first time I ever uh, went into the stadium with the stadium dog, I didn't have any pockets to put it in, so I just had a foil-wrapped hot dog in my hand, and I'm walking up to go through the turnstile and get my ticket or my, my ticket checked. Once again, been drinking, and I get this tap on my shoulder, and I turn around, and it's the most stoned duck fan I've ever seen. His eyes aren't even open, and he goes, "Dude," and he points at my hot dog in foil, and he goes, "Burritos are cool, man." <laughs> <laughs> And I just looked back at him and I was like, I love this place. Yes, buddy. Burritos are cool. We could have burritos in here. So you can bring a stadium dog or a burrito into the stadium, which is nice because it helps you with that. You know, you get in there, you get your next couple of pops and then you extend the party a little bit. So you didn't have to hide the dog. You were able to just walk with it freely. Yep. You can bring in food. Um, you can bring in like chips and stuff like that. If you, if the bag is what? sealed, you can bring in anything now that when they locked it down and decided they weren't going to let you out and they were going to basically keep you hostage at a four and a half hour party. They realized they that give you the- yeah, they got to give you some carbs, man, because everybody's spending all their money on beer. Nobody's got that expendable income for a fucking pretzel. You know, <laughs> it, that's it's good to know uh, because you know we used to sneak Jello shots in, in the hood of our jackets. You know that was the move. You just put like five Jello shots, and then then you just roll up the hood, and it's always either rainy or I mean, whoever said it never rains there hasn't been there in a while. <laughs> 
Because and even it's cold, so you just wear a like a North Face and just bop, 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 fill that thing up. We were known in our corner, in our section. I think right there on the corner of the end zone. I think it was thirteen. And we still get emails from these people like, we miss you, man. We're always looking for those jello shots. <laughs> like I said, man, your wife's got a special talent for handing those things out when you didn't even know you wanted one, but you always want one. Well, and the sneak attack that she does that I appreciate is being from the University of Oregon, one of the biggest curses about the jello shots there is you'll go to a tailgater and they have lemon and lime jello shots. Green Talk and yellow. About- booting the fun right out of the party (laughs) so she'll she'll come with like some pineapple ones for the yellows or she'll make her green out of two different colors of fruits and so that you're not getting a bitter beer face when you're eating jello shots and i really appreciate that because i'm i'm one of the people that the green and the yellow with the shitty flavors always fall to me because I'm the guy who, like, it'll be, like, my third or fourth choice. It won't be my first choice, but it's not my last choice. And so when everybody else is trying for the reds and the blues in the world, the guy that's sort of okay just gets what's left, and that's always the greens and the yellows. And so yeah. I'm super stoked that she uh, she cooks up some concoctions there. Got a little bit of mixology in her, I feel like. she Well, she used to be a longtime bartender. Before she became full-time super mom. So <laughs> it's like, well, we're lucky that she is now uh, here doing that because me doing that would look not like Mr. Mom with Michael Keaton, where he was dominant. I, I, I'm trash by myself <laughs> as a duo, pretty good dad, but by myself, I need some help. Hey, at least you're willing to admit it. All right. There's a lot of dads out there that think they could do it all until the washing machine doesn't click the right thing. And then all of a sudden it's all just burning down. Yeah. And I, I, I'm okay. See the washing machine that that's calming. And I'm thinking more along the lines of these are females, you know, and I, it's like my five-year-old, I go into her room the other day and she's been walking around in her underwear the entire day. Right. And she goes into her room because I'm demanding she put on some clothes. And then she decides in that moment when I come in there to help her pick out an outfit after she's been lollygagging, she looks at me and she goes, would I walk in on you with your privates out? And she's in underwear, (laughs) but she has no top on. She has not had a top on for five years. (laughs) And I'm like, you pick now? I'm like, find an outfit. And And then she just stands there and stares at me. And that's when I turn and I go, Amy, (laughs) (laughs) and that's when I need her. Does that make sense? Because I grew up with boys. Yeah, man. This is different. I I grew up in a split household. I had a sister, of course, mom and dad. So it was a 2v2 type of deal. Um, Odds were a lot more even. But, hey, ever since you had both your daughters, we've talked about it, you know, personally. I didn't think you ever stood a chance, but you're doing great, man. I really got to hand it to you. You're still smiling. You haven't pulled all your hair out. You you look good, you know. You look, there's color in your face. You look like you may have slept a few hours, which is always a perk. So, I got to hand it to you, man. Maybe she's super mom, but you got to at least get, like, runner-up dad, you know. Well, I'll take I'll take an honorable mention. That's totally fine. Uh, you know, it's like you were right about a lot of that, except for I don't get any sleep. That that part is just out the window because now the girls stay up till right at the edge of when I go to bed. Yeah. So it's like if they outlast me, like watching a movie in my bed, or I'm reading them a story and I fall asleep, then they're like and conquered him past the <laughs> gatekeeper back downstairs. You know, and that's the only time where you know I'm. 
I'm a little vulnerable because I got to get up at 3.50 in the morning. And so that is the time that the alarm goes off, 3.50 for your show that starts at, at 6 a.m. And you yeah. got, of course, a lot of stuff that has to be done before the show starts. When you originally made that transition, because, you know, a little backstory, if you don't know, um, the show that you and I worked on together, that was, like you said, it loosens up in the afternoon. That was 2 p.m. Uh, towards the end there. We were rolling in sometimes uh, a little closer to the actual fire off of the show than what we probably should have been, me especially. And, uh, it, you know, never really had to get up early for that sh for that job because most of the stuff, you know, promotions, extracurricular stuff that we did around that job happened at night because it was more, you know, geared towards the nightlife, the, the younger generation. And, um, I, man, yeah. how did you deal with that transition? Cause you're a few years in now, right? If I'm not mistaken, you've been doing this, uh, morning thing for five years, five years. God damn. It's crazy. How, how did that, uh, shape up when you first had to make that transition? Super intense at first. I'm just going to be a hundred percent honest. And, you know, Tanner, who, you know, somebody that people don't know, he's the he does the show as well and was doing it already before I got here. And he warned me straight away. He's like, I, you know, I'll tell you, I, I have not gotten used to it. And I think that we we kind of came to the conclusion that the alarm's always going to suck. You get used to the the swing of things when it gets going, but the alarm's always going to suck at that time. You just have to basically sleepwalk to a toilet, sit and read stories till your eyes open. <laughs> that's what I that's what I do to start every morning. But I actually was lucky in the fact that well, I'm gonna say I'm lucky and then I'm gonna say this next sentence. When we were fired from our old job, Amy was nine months pregnant and it was her birthday. Very lucky. Um that day, you know, I thought that the entire world had come down, but by her being nine months pregnant, we had a kid just a couple weeks later. And when that happened, my entire schedule became that early morning. And so it was almost like the boot camp of it started before I got there for three and a half months or whatever it was. As I had no job and no future for this newborn kid, I was up with them staring at him wondering what the plan was. <laughs> right. You know, but by so then once we got here, if I didn't get up and go into the shower and go to the radio station. I was going to have to get up and take care of the girls anyway. So it was like, do I, I'm, at least I have the opportunity to A, make some money. I'll say it in this order and B, have a little peace and quiet. <laughs> you know, cause nothing makes a man work harder than knowing that, you know, chaos is, is at home. And the only way you can help that is to make some sort of money dollars on the floor. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Well, I, you know, I couldn't be happier for you in the way that it worked out. That was, it's funny. I, and I don't mean to disparage your wife at all by forgetting that that was her birthday, the day that we got fired um, from our job here in Eugene, because that also, you know, you had nine months pregnant and your wife's birthday. That was the day that my wife and I had accepted keys to the very first house that we'd ever bought. So it was almost like they had a huddle before they fired us and were like, can we get them on a day that they're really going to remember like a tattoo worthy date? Like you're going to put that somewhere on your body and look at it for motivation. They got it. They couldn't have hit the nail on the head any better than what they did. Just fuck those two. And here we are. <laughs> Yeah, they couldn't have circled a more uh, brutal day. And I feel bad for it to this day because it was her birthday. And now that I think about it, it was her 30th birthday. Oh, wow. And 
And I was so just, you know, upset that, you know, it was before I had LASIK. So, you know, I had cried a bunch and been so sad that my, I couldn't even see. My contacts were so salty and destroyed that I sat inside of a, I don't even know in the Whitaker district where you live, that taco place, Taco Vore. Is that what it's called? Yep. Taco Vore. Great spot. Everybody loves it. I sat in there and couldn't see a thing and like wet a couple of tacos with salty tears off my chin as I tried to pretend that it wasn't a big deal. And Marcus, here's another, here's just adds a caveat on that same day that they burned the house down, uh, you know, of the radio. Another guy who was at that, that birthday dinner had just accepted like the job of his life at Microsoft. Oh, wow. and I was super I was super happy for him, you know, but it was like I was being torn down a peg on the same day that he was getting, you know, elevated. And, and Amy's just in the as you would say, in the ether. <sighs> and so, you know, that was but I also look back on that day and that time. And, you know, like I stopped, you know, reminiscing on this day and that moment a while ago just because. You know, things happen for a reason, and now it sucks the way that it happened and who did it to us. And, you know, you could go all the way down the line of how things could have been handled better. Um, but, you know, I'm just lucky that, you know, I am where I am and I'm able to provide for my girls. And, and that's a big deal for me. Yep. And and it should be, man. Your priorities have always been right where they should be with that. And uh, I don't think anybody, if anybody does try to doubt you on that, send them my way and I'll ship them up into shape because that's a bunch of bullshit. I know how uh, I, being there and going through it with you, um, I mean, devastating. Probably one of the more devastating days that I can remember, not just in my professional career, but in my life. And, um, it, you know, I actually, and maybe one day we'll play it. Maybe one day it'll see the light of day on the Man Room podcast. But uh, I, have a re- I have a recording of the final phone call that you and I had with uh, the people that were responsible for letting us go on a very important day, like your wife's 30th when oh she was nine months, pre- nine months pregnant and me accepting the keys to the house. Um, it, they, what, something that happened, which I, I don't care if they don't want me to talk about it. Fuck them. They haven't written me a check in five plus years. We thought we were going to get to maintain our Facebook page, which was kind of a coveted thing for us because we had 25,000 some odd people that engaged with this page. And uh, they changed the password before you and I got a chance to do that ourselves. And we called up the the powers that be and, and you and I kind of both, you way more professionally than me. I listen to it now and it's like we were good cop, bad cop. You were reasonable and I was swearing the whole time. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> one, one of the reasons it makes me a little shaky is because I don't know if I played it that I'd ever get hired again because of my parting words and the things that I said. But... I, you know, yeah. that being you said, keep that one in the holster for now. Hey, they offered me <laughs> two jobs in the years after that, that I turned down. So, uh, you know, maybe not, but it was, uh, it was one of those things that <sighs> there's been a few times in my life where I've had this thought that comes like, dude, I know you really want to say this, but you might not want to say this just for whatever happens next. And then I say mm-hmm. it and you feel great for like an hour. <laughs> and then after that, yeah. you, you start to slowly lose the air out of your sails. And then when you're dead in the water without a job, you tend to sit there and look in the mirror for a long time and wonder if 
tell the owner of the company to kiss my ass and then hang up the phone was the last thing I should have said. Um, yeah, and it's tough, though, you know, because there's it would take much longer than one podcast to discuss. You know, we, we were, you know, it wasn't the first. It was the end of a long line of things that happened, you know, and we a long time before that, we had a great thing going as a bigger group. Yep. You know, with with Tanner and all that. And then all that drama happened. And, you know, like I'm I'm glad that it happened because we are here now like that life happened, but I, I hate that that moment happened yep. and that that started all of this, you know, and, you know, and everyone had to try and tread water, Tanner in Detroit, you and I and Eugene, everybody always giving that show the short end of the stick when it deserved so much more. Um, and that's, that's the frustrating part, you know, 12 years of my professional life was spent on that show. You know, that's a long time. That's a big chunk of your history. And, you know, I look at it and I'm I'm so lucky to, you know, work in the scenario that I do now because I look at that and I'm like, man, I would have never, you and I, if we would have just sat in that room, we would have never gotten ahead. We would have just been treading water. They made sure of that. So. Yeah. yeah, they did like to kind of keep their foot on our head whenever we tried to come up for a breath of air. But uh, you're right. It was fortunate that we, that I, I mean, I feel super fortunate. You and Tanner had the thing going. I just kind of showed up with beer and never left, like I said earlier. And, and to get to be a part of that, I mean, you know, I always take it back to there was a dude that called that radio station every day for like a year plus and just demanded that they put us back on the air. And when you have a fan out there like that or even just somebody that was that into the show that wanted it that bad to come back. That was one of the things that made me kind of, th- you know, it, it was great that it happened. And it, yeah, it sucked that it had to end the way that it ended, but it was one hell of a ride. It was a lot of fun. We got to meet a lot of cool people, do a lot of cool things. I mean, you and I got to open uh, doing stand-up comedy for Brian Posehn, for Christ's sake. Like, that dude was on Seinfeld. You know, I look back oh, at yeah. that, and I think, like, how did I back my way into that opportunity and then let it just slip away? Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we both did it. It was not my best show. I actually was fortunate enough to find it on tape recently, and that will never see the light of day again because <laughs> you talk about stand up in 2009 is a completely different game than it was in 2020 or is in 2021. And uh, I cannot say those things anymore. So that's just where it, we'll it, leave it. Yeah, it's crazy how things like that change. And it's unfortunate that comedy is not exempt from those rules anymore. So now you hear something and it becomes cringeworthy when it may have been satire or, or just something that was meant tongue in cheek at the time is now uh, would be taken another way. So yeah, feel free to burn any tape that has anything <laughs> that anyone says that's uh, a little ridiculous, right? You got it. You got it. Uh, let's check. I, I'm just checking the docket here. Things that I've written down to talk about um, that actually like the little segment about the, uh, the radio show that wasn't in there. So that's one of the reasons I'm so happy to have you as the guys, my show prep can go out the window. Cause I know we can have a conversation about whatever the hell we need to, but this is where I'm actually going to be a professional and turn to what right. I have prepared to talk to you about today because uh, you and I going way back, man, uh, have been playing video games since almost uh, as as long as we've been, you know, on the radio together. And um, mm-hmm. I get to play some PUBG with you and your wife here a couple weeks ago and Tanner, and we always have a really good time doing it. Um, but I've got some real juicy leaks that have come out about another franchise that we really enjoy playing, which is the Grand Theft Auto franchise. 
And, really? Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, it looks like um, there was a 4chan post that has now been removed, but someone did manage to grab these leaks and post them to Reddit. But where this came from, apparently, which uh, you can't verify anything on the internet now, but I'll, I'll tell you what they're writing the articles about, is it was a, a programmer from Rockstar that jumped on the internet and felt like he needed to be chatty one day and just started answering people's questions on 4chan. So... It's possible that none of this is true, but there's a lot of information here, so it's kind of one of those things where if he didn't have this much information, he's just making it up, then this guy has, like, he's got problems, and he needs to go see a therapist because way too much time went into this if it's not true. Um, let me read you some of the bullet points here. Now, they're going to have a chapter system. Did you play Red Dead Redemption 2? I did. I didn't finish the game because I, I lack the, the time to to meander the great plains as much as I would like to. Right. Uh, but I did, I absolutely did play the game. It, it's almost honestly to, to I mean, people are going to not call me a real gamer nerd if I admit this, but I think I can only remember the actual like bona fide end to maybe one GTA game because it, there's so much to do. You just never do get finished with them. You know, as red. Dead yeah. I mean, way. I always finish the standard campaign. I mean, that's, that's incredibly fun. Right. Right. Um, this looks like there's supposed to be a chapter system like in Red Dead Redemption 2. And what I think is cool about this is the first two chapters are going to be set in the late 1970s in, in what is supposed to be like a, like Vice City, which was modeled after Miami. And yeah, like that. you remember the Grand Theft Auto Vice City going back as far as, you know, probably 15 years or something like that. Um, apparently the game is going to then take place, uh, the, the bulk of the game is going to take place in present day, what is mo uh, modeled after Miami, and you're going to kind of play as the son of the dude that you were playing in the 1970s. And okay. fr from what these leaks are saying, period-specific automobiles, period-specific music, period-specific construction in the city... Um, and, and some of that like will carry over to the future. Say you had an old 1970s car that you had in the, in the past, you can keep that car and bring it to the future. And then like NPCs, non-player characters will react to you and call your car a piece of shit. And, and like <laughs> people will run into it more and stuff. So, uh, looking to be super in-depth already, um, um, the main story set to be about 60 hours long compared to GTA V, which I think was just over 20. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I I just want interactive situations, and I want uh, like the AI to be real-time. You know, like if I blow into a, a building, I want to be able to run through that building to that building runs out. You're like, even if that means I get to the top of the building and there's no out, I tried, you know, like that was my spot. Now I got to fight my way back down and out. Or, you know, there's a bank vault or something inside of a place because there's too many buildings in the last GTA that are just nothing. Almost everything is nothing. Um, and I don't know how much more that is. Like, I'm not a programmer. I don't have the first clue on whether that would make your new Xbox, you know, hemorrhage. Um, <laughs> but I, I would like, I would like them to try and push the limits on that. Well, um, I mean, I think this whole game is going to be limit pushing because this is the bad news section of what I, what I have to tell you here. Um, according to these leaks, now once again, this could all be just conjecture and bullshit, and we're just wasting time. But hey, I'm glad to have you along. Um, October 2023.
is the set date for this game right now. So it's almost asinine that these leaks are even coming out this early, but it's it's going to be a long ways off, which means that's two plus years into new consoles. So I can't imagine that they'll make it hemorrhage. I think that this game should kind of be like the optimal game. By that time, the new uh, technology has been out long enough. You should know how to make everything happen with it. You should be able to use it to its absolute uh, nth degree as far as quality is concerned. And I mean, yeah. we're talking about it. We're talking about a company here in Rockstar Games that never really misses. You know, I can't remember one that I didn't enjoy. No, I like them all. I even some of the smaller titles were enjoyable. L.A. Noir, you remember that one? I, that? That's the one I was just thinking about. Actually. Yeah, they you, should do that. They should just upgrade that. Yes, it was because you it know? was widely thought of as kind of a hollow game. Like there was a really cool premise to it, but it just didn't have like that meat of a GTA. You know? Yeah, because they spend so much time with these expansion packs for GTA. Like, why wouldn't you just do that? But maybe. Maybe we're idiots and people just don't go to that server, and so it would be like trying to farm people who just aren't there. Yeah, and you know, I, like <laughs> it's fun. It's funny that you say that. Maybe we're idiots because I feel like if a programmer listened to the layman video game fan talk about anything video games, they're gonna oh, be like, "These guys are just idiots." They think we're fools. That's why I had to say that. It's like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm spitballing, and I could just be flying off the port bow right I, totally i am unqualified to talk about any of this other than the fact that i can hold a controller and yell at you know 12 year olds in online multiplayer um that's the only <laughs> yes, thing that yes, makes I me have qualified. that ability uh mini games for gta 6 looks like will include surfing wind surfing and roller derby so got a little bit of that uh that miami vibe i like that i just mm -hmm. want them to bring back the white suits and the pink cars man that's what i'm talking about give me a white suit and a pink car make me feel like i'm actually miami vice or you know don johnson scarface scarface exactly i'm a big don you know, johnson fan the, but that's the big but and, and fair enough but that <laughs> is the whole thing in vice city it's like that you know when you're cruising around in that white suit it's like you're about to chainsaw somebody in a bathroom Yes. It's it's all in all the time. Can I open another drink here? Please. I I would be disappointed if you didn't at this point. <laughs> I appreciate that. Trying to be a gentleman. Uh, last thing I'll say is a couple things that I thought were funny about it. The family from GTA 4. Remember, GTA 4 takes place in the modeled after uh, New York, Liberty City, and you're kind of yeah, in yeah. like the Italian mob. It looks like that family will make an appearance in the new GTA 6 game. And they say here that the nudity level is similar to Cyberpunk, which I have not played. Um, but there's I nudity in this game, so I think it pretty much sets it apart from the rest of them. So, uh, nudity abound, October 2023. Don't hold your breath, but GTA 6 looking like it's going to come out. Maybe by then we'll be back to normal? I don't know if I want to say that say and jinx 23? it. 2023? If we're not back to normal by then, you're going to have to send help. I really do think so, but I keep hearing these reports. I mean, Fauci, you know, wear a couple of masks. Hell, wear three masks. It's going to be seven years. Like, I feel like we just entered the Lord of the Rings trilogy with COVID, and we're not even, we haven't even started on the way to Mount Doom yet. How's that for a nerd <laughs> reference? Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's a lot of this, that, and the other, but, you know, like, for example, my brother is a dentist. He just got his second uh, shot. The Moderna, mm -hmm. he's all uh, good to go. So, you know, I mean, now granted, he's a healthcare professional, which puts him at the front of the line, but, you know, that's people done. 
Yep. You know, my 65-year-old dad, he's got it. He's all done as of today. Good. Uh, so, you know, but y- you think about it, back up six months and we would pray for this moment, you know, or, you know, whatever you do to try and rally good stuff. That's yeah. what you would be doing in that moment. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I try and go glass half full. I know that the sun is coming that the the trees are gonna the leaves are coming out the flowers are gonna be here my gazebo out here i left the tv out there all winter oh wow and we're gonna i'm gonna try and turn it on if it doesn't work <laughs> it's fine that's the 2020 tv um but yeah i'm ready dude we are gonna have to come up here we're gonna we're gonna once you can be outdoors and indoors it's not as big a deal you know, right. like it's because we're all stuck inside and now it's cabin fever and loner city. Um, but I, I'm blessed with the fact that I'm from a big family, so I haven't been by myself. Right. Right. You know, so I watched the Super Bowl with my immediate family and that's a that's party. a lot ahead. Yeah, that's a, that's a serious party, man. And, you know, it, it, as far as the vaccinations concerned, I was watching or I was uh, listening to uh, a video today from I think it was CNBC and they were talking to. Uh, one of the VPs of Walgreens. And he was like, it was kind of the same vibe I've gotten the whole time. Anytime somebody says anything optimistic uh, about, you know, the COVID situation, he's like, I think, you know, late March, early April, that's going to be when you're really going to see things change as far as the amount of vaccines that are out across our stores and Walgreens in the United States. As said from day 325 of two weeks to slow the spread in my basement. You know, it's like I just don't listen to him anymore because one one thing we've seen with this virus is it's like a karma virus. If you say it doesn't exist, you get it and you might die. If you, uh, you know, push your uh, push your limits and take the flight to Mexico instead of just taking the free cancellation, you're probably going to get it and die. Like it's it's very scary because of the way that it proves people wrong. Which is it's why you, you just don't talk about it. You just you just leave it and let it do what it's gonna do, and hopefully, um, I don't know. It's like it's like uh, you ever play Metal Gear Solid? We're talking about video games where it's like if I just hide in the shadow, all these dudes will just walk by me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of I've been I've been hiding in a COVID shadow for eleven months. I feel that that really hits me right in the chest. And you're lucky though. You know, you think about people who it's it's multiple sentences the whole the whole covid no matter it doesn't even matter when you listen to this podcast because it's 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 a different sentence for each person no matter what like so for you you're you're quarantined with your wife and your wife alone yep and you basically have to find a way to coexist without your normal venting like you can't go to the gym, you can't go out with your friends, you can't do any of that stuff. So you're forced to coexist on a level that you two didn't agree on originally. <laughs> right? right? This was not promised. That the, yeah, that was not the plan. <laughs> then you look at the person who is stuck all by themselves. That's a true quarantine. That's that's a nightmare for someone like me. That's a death sentence. That's when you need to start welfare checking me when I'm forced to be at home all by myself. You know, like I know people who live alone, but they go to work. That's different. You get your interaction, but you you are all alone. That's a terrible situation for me. Some people, it's their dream. Right. Then you look at my scenario, which is the third scenario, which is chaos. You know, it's 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 you know, it's homeschooling. 
It's everyone in the house at all times. It's little kids going from age two and four to three and five and eventually four to six learning how to read, learning. And then the other one learning how to count and how to be polite. And then we went through potty training at the beginning of this. Like all this stuff happened in a, in a bubble that you can't get out of. I can't go golfing really at the time. You know, I can't, I, the gym got closed. I can't go up to the bar and have a sandwich and a cold beer. Amy can't go to a, she can't go to a playground where if you think about a playground is so big for moms because you take kids to a playground and you can sit and God forbid, look on your phone and read your email and your Facebook and look at a viral video and laugh or do whatever. Anything. That got stripped. Yeah. Do anything. I mean, that it, it's important too. I, I sometimes I hear this about people bitching about moms being on their phone. It's like, listen, if they've just spent the last 19 days, 24 seven watching the kid, give them this 15 minutes while they're on the swing. Okay. Just give it to exactly. them. And that's why you're saying it's so big. And it's, you know, one thing that I've learned from becoming a dad and watching it, is, you know, I used to be like, well, what does she do anyway? You know, like, what, what, as a kid, not as an adult so much, but as a teenager and even into my 20s, like, oh, he earns all the money. What does she do? The answer to that is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like She built you. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, you know, when, when, when old mama says, I made you, they were damn right. But it, beyond just making somebody, you know, like cooking every meal. You know, always cleaning up like, you know what it's like or you, you've you seen situations when you, someone works all day and they come home and like the, the mom's just planted and the place looks like a nuclear bomb went off. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, and that's that kind of the give and take of it. Like you realize real quick that they're working all day, too. If you show up and you're like, what have you done for me lately? They they're not going to videotape themselves with like baby spit up on them and a rag with poop that was wiped up on the linoleum. And it's just a nightmare that you didn't see because now dinner's on. Right. You know, so I, I have earned I, I have learned have earned their respect in that in that situation. Oh, it's I mean, it's imperative, man. And I'm, like once again, it's you get good dad points for just realizing that because there's a lot of dudes that don't. I'm and not to disparage dads. I'm sure there's a lot of breadwinning mothers out there that don't see the stay at home dad stress that happens every day and, and vice versa. You, it's and it's the same. Yes. Yeah. It, and it's you just can't get away from it. And when you're in covid times, it's like. Bro, you, I mean, homeschooling, how much are, how much are elementary teachers worth in your eyes since you had to homeschool for a little bit? I mean, what, what would you pay those people to never have to do that again? You know, it's so funny you say that because today, uh, you know, well, actually during the Super Bowl, they had a little tribute to everyone who's been working hard and who's like the grocery store workers and the paramedics and the, and all the healthcare workers, but also the teachers. You know, the people who are going in there because they believe in the fact that these kids need them. I told Lucy, I'm like, you remind your teacher because they're going back to school in about 10 days. Oh, in, wow. In in class. That's awesome. Because kindergartners go back first. Right. And I told her, I'm like, you tell her, you know, exactly how you feel because she was she had told me she was proud of her teacher. I'm like, you make sure you tell her that. And the great thing about a kindergarten teacher is they still are allowed to be endearing 
to a, almost a motherly level. Right. So like I never realized as an adult that a kindergartner teach kindergarten teacher still compliments you and makes you feel good and lifts you up and basically tells you that you love them without getting weird. Right. 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 And so that's what I've learned about that is that those those people are, you know, they're behind a screen and they're feeling like their hands are tied too, and they're doing two classes a day because the kids have to be separated for when they come back. So the teachers do a class in the morning and then they do it again in the afternoon. Man. And so like repeat the curriculum of a kindergartner. Oh, dude, you talk about wanting to pull your hair out from and And that's that's why the people that are special enough to do that job, the ones that found it as a calling, I feel like you got to cherish them and you also have to wrap them in bubble wrap because they don't come around every now and then and you don't want something bad to happen to them. You know, I mean, they're, they're precious Mm -hmm. people. And that's, that's teachers from start to finish. I mean, you think I got some, I got a buddy that teaches high school math and I was asking him a lot. And I mean, advanced math, he's dealing with the upperclassmen more than the lower classmen. And I asked him what the most interesting part of, of remote learning was. And he said, well, one day uh, I was teaching this class and this kid jumped in. I knew who this kid was but he's ne- he doesn't take any of my classes. And he just jumped in and he sat there for like three hours. And then the next day he did the same thing. And so my buddy, you know, hooked up with him on a one-on-one and was like, what's up, man? I noticed you're coming into the classes. Like, can I, can I help bring you up to speed? And the kid was a English as a second language student. And he's like, no, man, I just come in to listen to you talk. And it, tra- it helps me learn English better. It helps me uh, learn all these terms. There. And I mean, my buddy is not an emotional dude. And it had him in tears just to know that. And there's a lot that this pandemic has taught us about one another and about the way that we have to interact when shit gets tough. I mean, it, it like at first, those first couple of months, I was kind of concerned like, dude, if this whole thing falls apart, this country is fucked. Like, we're not going to help any. Nobody's helping anybody. Everybody's boarding up the windows. You kind of feel like 11, 12 months into it that there is a lot of compassion out there in the world. And there's a lot of people that deserve, um, you know, first responders, teachers, those types of people, um, frontline medical workers that deserve um, uh, some accolades that we can probably never give them to the extent that they actually deserve them because, uh, it takes people like that that almost feel a higher calling to do something to help another person. It takes so many of them to get us through a time like this right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been unemployed. I'm sitting here just I talk into my computer for half an hour a day on your podcast. And then I go and sit on the couch with my hand down my pants. So I have this like really big uh, bag full of gratitude. I want to give out to all those people. And it's hard to actually to get to do that. It's cool to see what they did at the Super Bowl with all those people being honored. And I want to, you know, if, if there's ever a time on this platform that anybody can, like you just did, uh, give those accolades out and talk about how much those people mean. I love it. I think it's great because um, they're, I put them in a class so far ahead of me that I have no problem being the last American that gets the vaccine. Not because I'm worried about what it's going to do to me, but because there's so many other people that deserve it before I do, you know? Yeah, with that blood pressure you were talking about, we got to get you up the list. <laughs> we got to scroll you up there just a little bit. And you know what you said about people, you know, and here I think this, I don't know, this gives me a little bit of comfort is the most polarizing people, like the ones that, and that's a very polite way of saying, the ones who say a bunch of weird, crazy shit or that are super 
mad and want to board it up and want to use force first, they're also the loudest people. And so the loudest people doesn't always speak for the group. And this is a perfect example of that. You know, like I don't want to fight in the street with anybody about anything. But I will not sacrifice, and and I think that th- this is the majority of Americans. We will not sacrifice our morals, what we think is right in the long run, and that we are good people, you know. And that's why everybody wanted to be in America in the first place, because we are a bunch of good people. But it's the most polarizing. It's the one person in this whole city who doesn't want to wear a mask, who fights with the lady at Walmart and goes viral. It it, it just takes one in each city. To make it seem like we all do that, you know, and so it's not the majority. The majority of us go about our lives and yep. we just continue about our way. We fill up our gas tank. We check into work. We check out of work. We eat dinner. We kiss our kids. We hug our dogs. We watch our favorite show, rinse and repeat. We don't want to fight with others. But if we actually took a true t- tally of who is, quote unquote, a good guy, I think the good count is way higher than the bad. And if I'm wrong, then that's that's my ignorance and that's my bliss. But I believe yeah. in my heart of hearts that there's more good people than bad people here. Yeah. I, it's hard to disagree with you, man, because you, it's a time like this. You don't it, that whole, you know, don't know what it's got till you or what you've got till it's gone type thing. It almost stands to to reason here, too, when you're talking about a pandemic like you didn't not you uh, in particular, but maybe as a society, we didn't appreciate the people that we should have been really appreciating even more than, uh, than what we were. And, and I think that that speaks to what you just said is that there's so many people out there that deserve the gratitude and the appreciation that you're probably a hundred percent, right? The good way outweighs the bad. The bad's just way fucking louder. And for the most part, a little bit more funny for those of us to look for a bit of comic Mm. relief in our life. I mean, and that's true. I think most of us are in search of entertainment when we come upon that stuff, right? Right. And I'm not saying it's bad to share those things because we do it all the time. <laughs> you know, that's that's one of the things we do. But it just shows you that it only takes a few to to make the whole group look bad. And I'm just as guilty about the underappreciating of so many of those those groups. I've appreciated teachers basically since I wasn't in a school anymore. Right. <laughs> and then I realized, wow, I, I, th- I was very lucky to have all these people along the way that helped craft you into who you are. And I've always been on board with doctors and, you know, paramedics and firefighters. That's the A-list. That's the easy list. Right. But I'm guaranteeing you that the majority of your, the people that you know and I know, including myself, have been in a grocery store before the pandemic and not thought twice about what those people risk when it comes to germs and infection and all this other stuff that now is at the front of our minds. I, I would just, I remember almost being like, be like, wow, like, how are you still here? Like, you're the weirdest dude. But that weird dude also sits there every day and touches everybody's bag and every, and that nasty little pad that he's got to touch and he's doing it to make a living no matter what that does to his health right 
right? And, or her help. Yeah, and and meanwhile, I'm going into that store every day, mean mugging that any, anybody that gets within six feet of me. I'm just, and, and you know, with the mask too, it does a lot for me. It hides the beard, but I have these eyebrows that I have to keep them tamed apart, otherwise it turns into eyebrow. But they're a little intimidating, and when it's just yeah, when are. it's just the eyes and the eyebrow, oh, I'll stare you down in a supermarket. You don't stay six feet away from me, but I will thank. The old lady. And the other thing that I, the old lady behind the check stand, the other thing I've been doing is I've been trying to round up for the food banks lately. You know, just say like 20 or 30 cents. No, it's going to put me in the poorhouse. I'm unemployed. Let's not let that escape reality. Okay. It, this is probably not the best financial decision making, but I'm trying. I'm trying to be charitable and be a better person. I've probably given away a dollar and 68 cents over the last nine trips. And for some reason, that makes me feel good. So hey, I'll take it. I, I think that's, I think that's awesome. You know, it's like, whatever, whatever it is, is your little thing. It's, it's something it's helping, you know, it's better than the person who's like, no, I'm going to take this nine cents. I'm going to put it in this pocket. I've never pulled out nine cents and used it, but I'm going to take it anyway. And I'm not going to give it to that food bank. <laughs> if you think about it, it is a pretty selfish thing. Everyone has a jug of trash money. Oh yeah, <laughs> that they're ne- they're never gonna walk into a Dairy Queen and roll out those pennies. Should just give it to the bank. That's I, probably a good idea. You should. I've been closer than I've ever been in the last few months to walking into a bank and rolling up those pennies. But yeah, I haven't done it yet, so I'm still gonna give to the food bank. That's kinda... you know, if the thing's on your card, you know, you do your thing. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, look, I asked you for an hour. Uh, I know that you're a busy guy, and we're pushing a little bit over that right now. So let's go ahead and wrap this up, Drew. Thank you so much, dude. I can't tell you enough how much I appreciate you coming in and being a part of this podcast, especially uh, because I need to tell you twice because the first time we tried this, it fell apart in shambles and was uh, I was the only one that got to enjoy it, and then it hit the cutting room floor. So real quick, I want to plug the things that you have going on because it's a lot. Um, you can listen to Tanner and Drew uh, every single morning, weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. on 105.9 The Brew. That's KFBW in Portland, correct? It is. And you can also pick them up on the iHeartRadio app. They've got everything streaming up there. Look, if you're sitting down here in Eugene right now, where I'm sitting, in Eugene, Oregon, and you're thinking, man, I'm so pissed that I haven't gotten to listen to Drew for the last five years, that's on you. Because I've been listening to Drew ever since we stopped working together, and uh, it's very accessible all over the place. You could be down under fighting kangaroos right now and still listening to Tanner and Drew uh, from 105.9 The Brew on the iHeartRadio app. And also... Tanner and Drew's Donkey Show uh, podcast, which is heard daily on one oh, uh, excuse me, on the iHeart Media, iHeart Radio app. I'm just totally failing yeah, this is. right now. But I, you've got me thinking now. My mind starts to wander, and I'm like, God, if we ever got put on in Australia, would it be Tanner and Rue? <laughs> or would he, would I get to keep my name? I bet they'd be like, Come on, put on. And now I'm sounding like a pirate. You know, put on an accent for us, buddy. I've never been good at the pirate once. Thank you so much, dude, for coming on. <laughs> hey, hey, all joking aside, bro, there aren't many people that I want to do uh, radio after a radio day with other than you. Uh, so cheers, brother. Uh, love you long time. Drew Tideman, everybody. Thanks for joining us in the man room. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. And, 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 and,